Welcome to Texans Unfiltered. Here we go, here we go. A Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. All right, here we go again. We've got the Fantasy Show Part 2. Hopefully we're going to make this a, um, a recurring thing. Hopefully. Um, right now we got to get it actually on a schedule. <laughs> we're doing our best here. This is a new thing for us. Um, a second night out of the week. Again, just a forewarning. If you want James, James will not be here tonight. And if you do not want to listen to fantasy, now is your chance to get out. We will try and, again, keep fantasy as focused on the Texans as we possibly can. We, we're going to try and pull them together. We're still Texans unfiltered. Um, granted, we're probably going to need a new name, as I've been told. Um, so <laughs> we're going to try and spin this off into a second podcast. And we want to be a little bit more original than, you know, Texans filtered number two. Um, we don't want to <laughs> just be the big deuce. So, again, we're taking suggestions. Um, always up up for the wordsmithing. Um, trying to be a little bit more creative than... Um, my, my, my first thought was unfiltered Texans, you know, just flip it. Oh my God. You know, <laughs> just do a play on ro- words, but I didn't say it was great. I just, just throwing it out there, but hopefully, you know, we've already had some great interactions and some great, um, things said to us on Twitter. And I, we really do appreciate that from the bottom of our heart. And if you want to help us with the name again, just shoot them at me. I definitely appreciate it. Um, Because I will probably come up with something corny, even though I did come up with the original Texans Unfiltered name. So there you go. I had my moments. I do. Me and James over a beer. Um, We had a big, long list, and it's the one we eventually settled on. Um, Joining me this evening, of course, is Jordan. Jordan will hopefully be with me every single week. Um, How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. I was real happy with the show last week. Real excited to talk again. Hopefully hopefully this is going to be a consistent thing because it's been fun so far. Yeah, it's cool. We're going to we're going to try and make this not the diehard. We're going to try and send you in the right directions on how to get good information. Um, and then we're also going to call out any any shenanigans when it comes to Texans players, because, you know, nobody knows the Texans better than we do. I yes. nobody definitely knows the Texans better than than Jordan over there. I think he has probably <laughs> watched more tape on the Texans than the next three or four guys that are doing fantasy on them combined. So yeah, it's not healthy. It's not a healthy addiction whatsoever. <laughs> the film grinding is not a healthy addiction. You know, that's why it's called a grind. You got to grind it mm-hmm. out. All right, where is my? There we go. Um, announcements. I'll get the house ke- house cleaning out of the way, or housekeeping, housekeeping, housekeeping. Right. Yeah, yeah. There we go. You know, words with me sometimes not... are a battle. Not your strong suit. Not my strong suit. Spelling either, apparently. (laughs) Oh, man. Dude, I had all sorts of issues Tuesday night. (laughs) (laughs) Not your best day. I am running straight from work trying to get the things together. Yeah, bear with me. Okay. Um, Again, we're going to have the opening game event at Koboskew. Koboskew? Is that how you say it? First time, I think you got it. First time. Koboskew? You got it your first time for once. I'm pretty sure, yeah. And then I lost complete and total faith in myself. Uh, That'll be September 10th at 5.30. We will be following all social distance guidelines. We want to make it fun. We want to get everybody out of the house. We want to cheer on the Texans. We want to shock the world and upset the Chiefs. We need a little bit of payback. Um, We've got some really cool shirts that are on the way. Um, Special shout out to D-Texan. He's coming up with something very special for us. Um, Hopefully we get it here very, very, very shortly. Um, Don't forget... 
where to find us, Houston FB Pod uh, for Twitter and Instagram. That'll either be me or Pat Storm. I am Young Ari Gold. We all know James. We all love I, Young Ari Gold. So you can always hit him up, try and bother him with uh, fantasy questions. He'll just ignore you or worse. Um, Texans thoughts. Uh, that's Jordan, who's with us here tonight, and Patrick Storm, who had a little bit of a thing come up, so he couldn't sh- he couldn't share into the fun this evening. But that's all good. He'll probably be back next week. Again, the best thing you can always do is take a minute to follow us. That is the easiest way to support us and one of the most important. If you are able to help, like, and subscribe, that, again, we are not after clout, but it gives us a little bit more ability to do fun things. And we like to do fun things. The best part about these podcasts has the been building the community and having more followers and the larger we can make our community, the cooler the cooler that it'll get. Um, another thing that I forgot to put on the outline is we will be putting together the fantasy teams here shortly. I believe the um, the Dynasty League, which is ongoing from this is going to be year three with it, has one open spot. And then we'll do a at least a 12-man 12 12-man 12 league. Um, I want to do auction. I will get into on probably next week or the week after when we talk about draft strategies, why I think auction leagues are the best. But, you know, it's not set in stone. To be eligible for the 12-man league, you do need to be a patron. I don't care if it's just the dollar where you just do a dollar, um, but you do need to be a Patreon. That way we can communicate with you. We can get you on the Discord. That way it's a lot more fun if you're actually able to be a part of it. All right, Jordan, so how are you doing this evening? I am ready. Ready to talk Texans. Always down to talk Texans. How are you? I know you got a lot on your plate, but you excited too? Oh, I'm ecstatic. Fantasy football is what I live for. Um, partly, I'm not sure how long you've listened to the show, but if you've listened to me for a few years, you know, every year about this time when we start talking fantasy, I tell people the reason that I love it is I've been both a Houston Texans fan and a Carolina Gamecocks fan, which means during the fall, I typically suffer and I love football. So in order to keep myself engaged, that's kind of how I fell into the deep hole, which is fantasy football. Um, it is very addictive. I mean, there's a reason it's considered gambling by a lot of places. Yeah, it is. Um, no, I don't mean this any disrespect to the players, but it's got a lot in common with like horse racing. Like you're going out there and you're trying to predict a performance. One of the great things about fantasy football is knowledge of the game does actually help out. Mm-hmm. Knowing how rosters are constructed, knowing how teams think and the way that their strategy does work out. Now, the other thing about fantasy football, if you're great with numbers, you don't have to know anything about football. So it's awesome that both sides of the coin can actually jump in and enjoy it. Um, I always like to point out my wife. My wife is a CPA. She literally has everything on Excel. Like our entire lives are on Excel. It's great. Um, PowerPoint's in Excel. Um, I'm very well informed in my household. And she does not really care for that much football. Um, she, her... She likes football because she just takes a nap with me while I watch, um, <laughs> especially pre-child. And she came in in our family league, um, something that we've been doing for almost 10 years. Her first couple of years in, she n- never finished less than third. Wow. Never watched the game, just followed the numbers. Really? That's she so interesting. actually blames me because she started to care about the players, why she doesn't do as well <laughs> as she used to. So that that's pretty cool. I mean, that's one of the best things about fantasy. Um the reason that I'm because 
Sorry, because I've always been more of like a, I don't care about the numbers. I don't care about the stats. I just like see what I see on the football field and go by that. And that's what kind of like got me into it. That's what made me feel like rewarding about it. Like, oh, like I see these players, like I think that they're good. I think they're going to be a good matchup. And then it actually comes to be true. And then that's like a pretty rewarding thing to feel from fantasy football. So that's what really got me into it. But to see both sides, that's that's pretty insane. Yeah. And I mean, as you pay attention, you you definitely will. Um, Jordan, you'll probably be able to step out there and and have a competitive team just based on knowledge of players and knowledge of schemes mm-hmm. and know how this guy's going to be used. Somebody like my wife who just looks at the numbers and it's like, I'm not overthinking that this person's projected. There's a hundred guys doing projections. They all project them to be here. That's a pretty safe bet. There's a hundred people that get paid to do this. They can kind of figure it out. That's true. That's a very good point. And I'm going to segue. How do you tell if somebody's good at projections or not? Ooh, that's that's a tough question because I am I am not if you if you had to pay me to to do projections I couldn't do it I could not tell you I couldn't I can't tell you how much like passing yards like an elite quarterback is supposed to have so I definitely couldn't do this for fantasy football so I need the help okay um well first off if they're good they're not pulling it out their ass um if they are good and this is how you can tell that they're good it's actually a very easy way do their stats add up together. So if you have Deshaun Watson, you have him throwing for 21 touchdowns and um, 3,000 3, yards on the season. You don't have one receiver getting 1,500 yards. You don't have one receiver getting um, – his receivers won't add up to 14 touchdowns. It's all got to yeah. add up. It's easier to see it really on a, on a, on a week-by-week scale. Um, if you pull up a, a guy's projections – and he has Deshaun going for two touchdowns. And then he has, I don't know, Will Fuller scoring three touchdowns. You know, he's not good. <laughs> if you, and this, believe it or not, it happens more than you think. And prior to, I believe it was the fantasy footballers who um, pointed that out to me yeah. the, the first time. You, I didn't really think about it until I started to look for it, reading like ESPN projections and other sites that are out there, and I'm not trashing on ESPN. Um, Mike Clay, he gets a lot of hate, but he's actually really good. He's the guy that's in charge of all the projections there. But you'll start to notice it. You'll be like, wait a second. They've got Lamar Jackson rushing for 150 yards, throwing for 200 yards, okay, and then scoring two touchdowns, but the... And then somebody's catching a touchdown, but they're only supposed to score 14 points this week <laughs> yeah that's a good point i honestly i never i've done fantasy football for i haven't done it for that long maybe three years four years but from all that time i've never thought about adding them all up see if the math actually works and that's funny you say like like if deshaun throws two and then fuller catches three like i don't know what is it supposed to be aj mccarron throwing him that last touchdown like we know that's not happening <laughs> like, yeah and i mean there's gonna be weeks where Weird things are going to happen, but you're trying to see if the guys have an actual foundation when they're putting their projections together. It's a very easy trick. Um, if you've got a guy, you got a stat guy that you like, somebody you found on Twitter, somebody you found on another show, and you're like, oh, I really like him. I think I'm going to trust him. Because believe it or not, the main reason that you follow anybody in fantasy football is you just like them and you trust them. It's not necessarily how good they are. You, if you, Jordan, I don't know how many fantasy football podcasts you listen to, but you're not going to go online and Google 
Well, maybe you will, but most people aren't going to go online and Google who's the most accurate fantasy football podcast and listen to that one. Right. They're going to listen to the guys that they like, the guys that hopefully entertain them, and hopefully they have good knowledge, like a baseline of good knowledge. As long as you're about average, then you're going to keep your audience and people are going to follow you. If you're horrible, yeah. you're probably going to lose people left and right. But let's be honest. Um, do you know who Matthew Barry is? I've heard the name. I've heard the name. I'm very bad with with fantasy podcasts. The one that I did try and listen to was the draft the draft network, just because I love their draft work. So I listened to their fantasy podcast, gave it a shot, and you're right. Like it just wasn't. It didn't grab me. It wasn't like entertaining, and I just couldn't like connect with them. And then and then I stopped listening. And, and no hate to them whatsoever. They're doing great things, but I, I definitely see where you're coming from. But Matthew Barry, go go with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, fantasy football can be very very dry. I mean, we kind of talked about it. How my my CPO, CPA wielding wife can come in and kick <laughs> ass. And it can be dry because it's a lot of numbers. Matt Berry is the superstar in fantasy football, like fantasy football podcasting. Right. Like he's the one that essentially the personality behind creating the industry. Um, he's what has kind of really driven ESPN's popularity. And he's he puts on a great show, very entertaining. He's very over the top. Huh. And he's a genuine guy too. Like you listen to him and, and he doesn't feel fake about it. Like he so, he just feels very passionate and very sincere and yeah, he does craziness and <laughs> he's a millionaire off fantasy football, probably even more. Like he is the face of fantasy for ESPN. That still shocks me, man. He's average at best in his projections. <laughs> Like he drives great stories. He does a great, great narrative with them. I, I bought his book. I used to listen to him for years um, just because, again, you like him. But that's just kind of put everything in, in perspective when it comes to projections. Like you're going to go to the guys that you like, not necessarily yeah. the guys that are the best at it. Now, some there's people out there that are hardcore and they're trying to get as much money as they can off of it. And you can, you can do that. You can go to Vegas and you can create like a fantasy football team in Vegas and make money. Like it's crazy. Um, I, you can used to be able to do that on DraftKings where you didn't just do the weekly. You can do the weekly, but you could also do the seasonal league. So there's avenues out there to make money and people will do it, but that's not everybody. It's not us. We're not only in it for the money. <laughs> no, no. Um, honestly, the, the point of this show is we're hopefully going to send y'all in the right direction. Yeah, we just want to help y'all. All right. And help me because I'm pretty I'm pretty clueless with all this. So, so you ready to get into finish out our Texans? Let's do it. That's what I've been waiting for. All right, we're at part two. So our guys, man, they have fallen. After full after Fuller and Cooks, the next person up is at 157, and that's Duke Johnson. So naturally, we've got to change how we do it this week because we can't talk about a hundred people. Um, I mean, we can, but it would be a very boring oh, yeah. show. Oh, yeah. But Duke Johnson at 157. That is insane to me. I'm looking at the running back rankings, and that's what? That's Wait, why did I just lose it? 157. He is RB52. There we go. Okay. Why is it numbered that weird? Um, so I guess... Duke Johnson in years past, I feel like he's always been a solid option because of his receiving um, production. He'd always get good amount of touches. And then he'd do a little bit for you in the run game. But 
I guess I guess people just are not happy and not um, optimistic about the Texans' offense whatsoever. Even though we've got the most stacked offense we've had probably forever. And looking at the names, like, sorry, before I get into the names, we'll, we'll talk about like his outlook on the team, I guess. And I I know me and you aren't like the biggest David Johnson fans on the Texans Builder team. And we are huge Duke Johnson fans, huge Duke Johnson fans. And you probably agree with me that like in an ideal world, maybe Duke Johnson gets more snaps than David Johnson, or it's at least like a 50-50 split. I think that would be real ideal for both of them. And if that happens, then Duke Johnson should be way, way, way higher than where he is right now because he is a monster. His talent is insane. We did, we talked on the show, on the main show, maybe a week or two ago, we were trying to list 10 running backs that you'd rather have on your team than Duke Johnson. And we couldn't do it. We come up with like a good eight, nine, but, but not 10. And Duke Johnson is just that talented, man. He's a complete back. And especially if you want to talk about PPR leagues, he's going to get your touches in, in both the pass and run game. So I really love Duke Johnson. Uh, what are your thoughts about him? Dude, I'm right there with you. Um, hopefully we don't always agree because the show will get very boring <laughs> if we do. But if I had the, I'm, I'm going to have to find the atomic bomb drop or like nukes. Because honestly, if Duke Johnson is RB52 in my league, I'm going to have him in every single league. Yeah. There's, first off, as just a, as a handcuff to David Johnson, yeah. this guy that everybody is trashing that will be the super injury guy. He won't be able to stay out there healthy. The Texans don't have another running back on on the roster right now. Let's yeah. kind of be honest. Um, there's a couple of guys that we like, but we're not going to expect them to do anything. The Buddy Howell show. <laughs> yeah, let's... I mean, I like Buddy. Don't get me wrong, Buddy. I, I hope you come on the show one day, Buddy. But, Buddy, <laughs> we're not in a good spot. <laughs> if you're our lead back, Buddy, we're not in a good spot. <laughs> oh, it's going to get real ugly. <laughs> Whereas Duke Johnson, I mean... If the concern with him is his health, if his ability to stay healthy, again we talked about it in the main show. It seems to be that the uh, the bench the uh, the benchmark for a bell cow back is two hundred and twenty pounds. Duke is about two ten, so he's about ten pounds short. Which okay, so he's not quite at that that minimum benchmark. Well, we're not going to ask him to go a full sixteen games as a two hundred carry back. Yeah. That's not going to happen. If anything, there's going to be a stretch of football where Duke Johnson will win you several games in fantasy. That right now I would place money on, which would mean he should not be RB52. Just absolutely should not. I can understand it if he was maybe RB, RB, I don't know, 40. That's just saying that you're going to take the 32 starters first, understandable, in fantasy. That doesn't mean that there's 32 running backs that are better than him. There's 32 running backs that will have the opportunity to produce more than him. That's yeah. all that means. So at that point, we get to 32. So we've got all of our starters picked. You're going to, if we put them at 40, that's eight handcuffs, high potential players that could particular that if somebody, one of the starters goes down, these are guys that are all of a sudden going to see a lot of opportunity. Maybe, maybe you can justify eight. Maybe. That's even a Maybe. tough sell already, but yeah, I feel you. Maybe 20? like rookies, but yeah, there is That's not. Like, I'm am I read am I reading this wrong? It says Duke Johnson, RB five two. 
That cannot be right. That is absurd. That's literally that's basically the, another entire like league's worth of backups. Basically, yeah. another twenty. Like what? He there's no like we just talked about like overall talent wise like there aren't there aren't twenty running backs there aren't ten running backs more talented than him and so to have him here and he's below looking at some of the guys that he's right below like Tony Pollard from Dallas yeah he's nice but Duke Johnson is what Tony Tony Pollard does but just on steroids and then next you got Alexander Madison for the Vikings who crashed and burned last year like last year when they when he was asked, he got, I think, two games where he was the lead back for the Vikings. He didn't do anything. Yeah. Hmm. I don't like Madison too much. Uh, next is Daryl Henderson. I was a huge Daryl Henderson fan coming out of college, but his rookie season with the Rams was not great. They do not have the O-line um, to support kind of like a below-average back even. So that's crazy to me. Latavius Murray is next. Uh, how do you feel about Latavius Murray? No. <laughs> Just no. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, we're, we're going to keep that simple with him. He's with New Orleans, so he's going to have opportunity. That, okay. And, yeah, that is one of the secrets of winning at fantasy football, get a running back and a kicker on a very productive offense. Somebody's got to score touchdowns, especially when you don't have a running quarterback. But it's Latavius Murray. I mean, he's always been, he's just always been annoying. Like he's, he's going to do just enough to annoy you. So most years you stay far, far away from him. He's on the saints. I mean, I don't, I'd still rather have Duke. It's the way you'd rather have Duke. Oh, who else we got? Who else we got? We got Zach Moss, the rookie from Buffalo. I, I guess you could I guess you could make an argument, but they've got Devin Singletary who's gonna take up a lot of snaps. And it's gonna be real hard to trust rookies this year. So I don't agree with that. Tevin Coleman, okay. Tevin Coleman from the Niners. This is where you maybe maybe you can start to see an argument, but the Niners are such a tricky team because they go by committee and it's just so hard to to track who's gonna be the guy that week. Yeah, whomever is the guy is going to do well, and I guess yeah, that's the only. That's I guess that's the only reason why because you just want to. Every Niners running back is a lotto ticket. However, yeah. it's Kyle Shanahan. He, we know that what he can do with running backs. I mean, what him and his father have been able to do with running backs is one of the all-time great <laughs> stories, and they should definitely get some more respect for. It. I'm sure. Not more respect. Everybody respects him for it. But that's kind of a silly thing <laughs> to say. But every single Niners running back here is a tip. is a, a run is a lotto ticket. If you can get them late, yeah, pick them. Because if one of them ends up being the bell cow and you never know which one it's going to be, you've got a lot of points coming your way. But let's honestly, I mean, let's just be real. Daryl Henderson is ahead of Duke Johnson. <laughs> Daryl Henderson is not going to... The Rams, who did they... They signed someone to replace Gurley. I forget who it is, though. Or maybe they drafted someone. They drafted somebody. They drafted Cam Akers. I think that's who it was. Yes. Cam Akers. Yeah. So, so he's immediately going to be the starter. And their running back, too, has never really done anything. Like They're not like a team like the Saints when the Saints had Kamara and Ingram. You know what I mean? Like, So I don't think they're going to feed their running back, too, like that. So as a handcuff, like we've been saying... How can you not take the more proven and talented back in Duke Johnson? 
And Duke Johnson has had stretches when he was on the Browns where he was more than a productive fantasy player. Uh, he was a solid RB2. And this was with still limited snaps. If he ever gets the chance to get, I don't know, not even 50% of the snaps because he is incredibly efficient, just watch out. All right, I think that horse is dead and beat. Um, the next person up would, of course, be Kenny Stills. We love uh, some Kenny. I promise me and Jordan will not agree on every player all the time. But the way things just kind of lined up this week. So Kenny Stills, we got him at wide receiver 75. Oh my goodness. So 216. So like we were saying, so kickers and, and defenses are already being taken before Kenny Stills. What does that how does that make any sense? Does that make sense to you? No, it doesn't. For me, my love, my love of Kenny Stills, man. It I love Kenny Stills the person. I love Kenny Stills the player. And talking about his on-field talents, he can do it all. And we've heard that. Kenny Stills and Deshaun Watson, they've been working out every single day together. They've become best friends. Stills is Deshaun's go-to guy. And that type of chemistry, it's really apparent on the field because Deshaun, he needs, even though we talk about um, us not needing like a wide receiver one, he just needs a wide receiver who he can really trust and he can really connect with. And that guy right now is Kenny Stills because as he's been the next longest tenured guy apart from Will Fuller. Will Fuller um, and Will Fuller, you can't really count on to be healthy as of right now. And so Stills is going to step up into that role. And I just think that at wide receiver 75, that's an insane bargain. That is one of the best like bargain buys you could possibly have. He's what I would consider a handcuff wide receiver. So if we are so convinced that both Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks are going to get hurt. Yeah. Who do you think is going to get those deep routes? Who do you think is going to be that be that go-to receiver? Randall Cobb is still going to consider is probably going to eat underneath, but Kenny Stills, I can kind of it, this kind of goes back to how do we make the math work? Right. So we've got to expect Deshaun to make three wide receivers fantasy relevant. Is it doable? By elite quarterbacks, yes. Um, Aaron Rodgers has had streaks of it. Um, just about every year, Drew Brees does. That mean meaning, it's not necessarily three receivers though. That means three pass catchers. Right. So, who's going to be the third pass catcher on the Texans? With Deshaun, he has shown this horrible habit of ignoring tight ends and running backs. <laughs> he seems to believe the guys that are primarily, primarily there to catch the ball should be the guys that primarily catch the ball. <laughs> um, and I don't know if that's just maturity. I don't know if it's because he is a little bit more aggressive in the way that he reads. Um, he reads everybody's routes. Um, that's, that's what it is for what I see on film, at least, is that they didn't design the offense to read high to low. So you're reading your deepest targets to your most shallow. And so the last person he's going to come down to is his checkdowns, his running backs, his tight ends. And so that's I think that's what that's what I think it is, at least. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I'm on the record of agreeing with that, um, <laughs> which is part of the reason why I think David Johnson is going to be gold, because you would see how many of those dump offs Carlos Hyde would get. Yeah. Where on designed routes, uh, Duke Johnson didn't get looked at. 
So with that, and I, I believe it's the rule of conservation of targets, there's going to be a cap. Who, who's going to be that third guy? Cooks, when healthy, he's going to eat. Fuller, when he's healthy, he's going to eat. Those guys are definitely going to get targets. Who's going to be number three? If we think it's stills and love, love, love me some Kenny Stills. Or do we think that it's going to be one of the running backs? That goes back to when we were just talking about Duke Johnson. If Duke Johnson ends up being the third option in the passing game, he's going to win you a PPR league. But if it's not Duke Johnson, if he's not going to be used as like a James White plus, if they're going to use him similar to how they did last year, which was, you know, not enough. Not enough. Then is it going to be Bells? Is it going to be Aiken? Yeah, that's, that's I guess that's the problem here. And like we said on the last show, the difference between like being good at football and being good at fantasy football, like Kenny Stills is amazing at football. But with the role that he is on the offense, if he was on any other team, if he was the guaranteed wide receiver one, wide receiver two, if he was guaranteed locked into that role, then you're not going to see him at wide receiver 75. But because of the obscurity of the Texans offense, because we don't have defined roles just yet, because we are four, legit four deep and no one said who's going to be starting, who's going to be the fourth guy, I guess that's that's why some of these Texans players are a bit lower than, than we might like and I guess if you, if you're gonna be if you want to be drafting Texans players, maybe maybe the strategy is just is just draft them all. Some of them are are bound to be are bound to be productive and useful. Just take them all, and you'll be fine. You'll find someone. You know, it pretty much comes down to I I think honestly it's gonna be either we're Stills or Cobb who we're gonna talk about next. Cobb goes five spots later at two twenty two, okay. so two seventeen for Stills and two twenty two for Cobb. So it's a similar issue that you have with Fuller and Cooks. You can get both of them if you really want to, and one of them will work out. Or do you want to eat up roster places to kind of flip that coin? Because you don't really quite know. Um, Fuller, I mean, we've talked about it with the uh, his track record. With Deshaun would be safe. So I would use that same line of thinking with Stills. I actually think that Stills would be safer than Cobb. Even though we all expect Cobb to come in here and play a very key role as a slot receiver. I think that, again, I have this theory about Deshaun when he has chemistry with a player, he trusts them more than he trusts them than he trusts his eyes. He would throw balls to Hop. He would throw balls to Fuller that he would not throw to anybody else. Everybody else, he waited for separation. Hop and Fuller didn't care. Sometimes he, he wasn't even looking their direction. And at times he had that same relationship with Fells. Didn't trust Aikens in that same manner. Definitely didn't trust the running backs in that same manner. And did not seem to trust Stills in that manner last year. But this year, as much as they've worked out together, I think that that relationship will be there. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, the theme is definitely continuity. He's been with Hop his entire career. He's been with Fuller his entire career. And then like the guys you mentioned, Aikens, Duke Johnson, this is his first year with them. So of course, sorry, Fells and Duke Johnson. So of course he's not going to feel as comfortable. He's not going to feel as trusting because the Bill O'Brien offense, it's so much, it's all option routes. So of course he's not going to throw that ball. He's not going to throw with anticipation like he would with Hopkins and Fuller because he can trust that they're going to see what he sees, but he's not, he can't just 
Jason is going to see what he sees just yet in his first year together. But now going to adding another year together and adding another year with Stills, I can definitely see, I, I see where you're going with it. I see why Stills is more dependable than Cobb. Um, for To play devil's advocate, and so we're not just um, agreeing the entire show because I, I would agree with you, but for Cobb, for me, I think, like you said, the amount him playing that key role as a slot wide receiver, that's his defined role. He's not an outside guy, whereas Stills can play outside, inside. Cobb used to be able to play outside a little bit, but he's been primarily stuck in the slot for the last couple of years, and that's not a bad thing whatsoever. But that's what he's brought here to do, That's and we're paying him pretty handsomely for a slot wide receiver of his age. So I really... I want to believe that he's going to get the snaps over stills, at least in the beginning. And Deshaun loves the middle of the field. He absolutely loves it. That's where he thrives. If you look at NFL next gen stats, all that stuff, his best passer rating is 10 plus yards down the field, right in the middle. It's way above the NFL average. That's where he eats. That's where Bill O'Brien wants to design the offense to make easy throws for him. That's why they moved DeAndre Hopkins into the slot to make his job easier, to make it easier for Deshaun. And that's really what's leading me to believe that Cobb is going to eat. And if you're going to be able to get him that low, just just have him on your bench, and that's completely fine. And see how the how the offense goes, how the season goes, because he's someone who, as your flex, could could eat honestly. Because we saw even with Kiki QT, Kiki QT in his highs, he's going for like nine catches, ninety yards consistently, like against the Colts. He's a Colts killer, and I really think that Cobb can play that role as well. So that's my argument for Cobb. All right, well, I'm going to make you choose. You have to draft one or the other. Who are you drafting, Stills or Cobb? See, this is where this is where my emotions get into it, and I can't I can't make emotional decisions because emotionally you're the tape watcher, man. You've you've grinded it out. <laughs> you've put the work in. What does the work tell you? The work tells me that Kenny Stills is the better player, and if you, if I had to like start a franchise and pick a wide receiver, I'm going Kenny Stills every day of the week, but. And I think that also his potential is higher. While you might be get more dependable production, like your floor with Cobb might be higher than your floor with Stills, the ceiling with Stills is way higher. Because as we said, if Cooks or Fuller goes down, he's thrust into that wide receiver one, wide receiver two role. And he's going to put up numbers because he's a talented, talented dude. So I got to go with Stills. He's my guy. There you go. Next position up will be Mr. Kaimi Fairbairn. And, you know... Here's my rule on kickers. If they make you smile, pick them up. Because kickers, nobody can nobody can predict kickers. Uh, you want a kicker on a team that scores lots of points. The end. So if you can get Kaimi, get him, be happy. Get the Care Bear, be happy. And there you go. Move on. Easy enough. Um, he's about right where he should be. Um, about middle of the pack with the kickers. That's it. Damn, do you think that's where he should be? I feel like because when he yeah, had actually, that year, part of well, I'm basing this not on what I think he should be, but where he should be in relative to how everybody's looking at the Texans. So I kind of talked about this a little bit when we were talking about power rankings with the Texans. When you don't know where to put somebody, you end up putting them in the middle. And with our offense this year, it's going to be people don't know what to do. They have honestly looked at Deshaun's relationship with D-Hop as the keystone in which the offense was built. Right or wrong, that's how it's been viewed, that Hop was the keystone, where Deshaun's the keystone, not Hop. And I love Hop. I do not tolerate a lot of Hop 
slander. Um, however, I do agree that the offense moves slower when you're going to throw it to a possession receiver. The way that Hop plays, he doesn't get a lot of separation. He's not the best route runner. All he does is catches everything that is ever thrown down. But he's usually catching it over somebody, on top of somebody, wrestling with somebody to get that ball, which slows your offense down. Now we've gotten a group of guys that Legion of Zoom, Mighty Mites, whatever you want to call them, they're all little, they're all going to catch, they're all going to take off running. Yep. So with that, kickers reflect that middle of the road. You don't know what that means. We all expect, based on the weaponry, as Texans fans and as guys that spend way too much time looking at the Texans, for them to be better than middle of the road. We expect them to be significantly better than middle of the road. But when you're a guy that gets to spend not even a fraction of the amount of time that I get to spend on the Texans, um, and I'm the most overworked member on our team, and (laughs) you're expected to come up with what you think with the Texans, you're going to look at teams and go, yeah, I'm excited about them. I'm excited about them. I'm excited about them. Oh, shoot. Well, the Texans aren't that bad, but I'm not excited about them. So I'm just going to kind of leave them right here in the middle, which is right where Bear Bear ends up because that reflects that whole that whole system. Get him. You'll probably be happy. Two years ago, he led the kickers and fantasy points. So he's pretty safe. Get him. Be happy. Yeah, see, that's where that's where I'm going off this. He's a talented dude. And we saw the drop-off last year. People, Texans fans talked about it. It's because Brian Anger, he's dealing with a new holder, and that's what some of the struggles were with. But then second half of the season, he got it down, and he was back to his knockdown form from 2018. And so I'm a big Fairbairn believer. I get what you're saying about not really having too much confidence in the Texans offense that like from other people, from non-Texans fans. And I get that from a fantasy football standpoint, but I feel like from an overall offense offensive production standpoint i i feel like you have to be optimistic about them and with the one okay so the one thing that i the one like rule maybe one of the rules that i look for with kickers with drafting kickers is that one thing that can be beneficial looking at offenses that aren't able to finish in the red zone because field goals are worth more than extra oh points. we are way too familiar with that <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. That's why Fairbairn oh, was a killer man. in twenty eighteen. That's why that's why Fairbairn led the league in points scored. Yeah. So that's what I'm looking for. And I really I think that the Texans, if there's one area of the offense that I'm I'm a little bit worried about, it's their red zone efficiency. We saw a good jump from twenty eighteen to twenty nineteen. And losing Nuke, I, I really do think that, that we're gonna see a drop off there. Um just to be realistic. And so with that drop off with Anger being the holder and Fairbairn being comfortable again, I think that he's gonna be a top five kicker. I just I can't deal with like middle to pack. Like he's at what eleven, I believe. Yeah, I don't know. No, fair enough. And I mean, where your heart's at, I agree. I'm just yeah. saying he's exactly where I expected him to be based on everywhere else. Oh, okay, I get that. I get the the lack of like yeah um, understanding and respect for the test. It was okay. obviously worded very poorly. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> All right, so next thing up, um, that's it. There's nobody after Fairbairn. Um, the defense is being defense is ranked 24th in ADP. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> we, do, we don't know. Um, when you look at fantasy producing stats, yeah, we, we're going to have to wait and see. Um, yeah. We have high expectations. We think this should be better than last year. 
we only hope they would be better than last year because, you know, they brought the entire defense back other than Reader. So you would think, but we'll see. So 24th, more than fair. Disagree? Agree? Uh, yeah, I'm with that for sure. I think the most like optimistic we could be about the Texans offense or defense is that they have at least like a top half of the league. If I were to put like money on where they would rank up, it would be somewhere in the low to mid 20s. Um, because of numerous reasons, but also for fantasy wise, based on how the points are scored, like it's so heavy on points per game, but then also turnovers. And last year, we were not great at turnovers. We were actually okay with like fumbles in the beginning when Merck was just going on a train, forcing fumbles every game. But then once his production dropped off, it all dropped off. And I don't expect the points per game to be much better. And so I, 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 I that's the one ranking I can get behind for the Texans. We're not going to hate on all of them. We're not that much of homers. Yeah. I mean, I, we'll, we'll talk about streaming defenses for those of you that are not familiar with it. Keep an eye on the Texans with the right matchup. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah. Because, you know, that's one of the homer things in you. You always want to either pick the defense or the kicker. But right now, the defense, don't hurt yourself with that right now, especially the first couple of weeks of the season. Just let them sit, and it'll come a time when you can pick them up and stream them. You know, Jacksonville. Um, <laughs> but we'll just have to wait until we get to then. Um, finally, neither one of our tight ends are registering a, an ADP. That's honestly the most one of the most surprising things for me because Darren Fells, he was number one last year in tight end production and tight end score for fantasy. Wait, you said he was number one, right? He was number three. Was number three, sorry. He was number one for, t- for touchdowns. Number three non- overall. P- in non-PPR leagues, he was number three. I think in PPR, he drops down to like four or five. But it was heavily based on touchdowns. Heavily based on touchdowns. Yeah, and so I guess my argument for him is that, like I've been talking about, we saw the red zone efficiency bump up from 2018 to 2019, and a big reason of that is Darren Fells. We had we need his size in the red zone. He's a huge 6'7", 250-plus tight end. He's a big dude, basketball player as well. And so Deshaun loved to just throw it up to him, just throw it up to him where he can use his frame and just catch it over linebackers, and, and that was pretty unstoppable for most of the year. And with DeAndre Hopkins leaving... Red zone target share for Darren Fells, that's got to be going up. You have to be thinking that's going up. He's going to be their number one option because if you look at the other guys on the roster, like I've been saying, Mighty Mites, like they're they're smaller. We ain't got nobody bigger than like 6'1", I think, at Kenny Stills. And so in the red zone David like that. David Johnson all, is our tallest listed receiver. Yeah. <laughs> like what? And like height is one thing in the in the red zone, but physicality and physical route running is the other thing. And that's the only way that DeAndre Hopkins would get open is, is pushing off of people really and being physical. And we don't have that really to win in the red zone. So I just, I really feel like Darren Fells, his, um, it's going to be all touchdown based once again. And I think you, you have to at least rank him. Like, I don't know how he can't be ranked. That's crazy. So with Darren Fells, it's very similar, similar style of play to hop without the athleticism. Um, he was number one in pa- adjusted passer rating when the ball was thrown to him. So if the ball was thrown to him, he caught it. It was simple as that. However, no, no yards after the catch. I, at one point during the season, when they were talking about is his touchdown rate sustainable last year, somebody pointed out at one point last year, he had a negative yak. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> he caught the ball and he fell down. <laughs> 
That's what that means. <laughs> and he usually fell down that way. <laughs> oh my god! So, I would be surprised if Hop had that as well. So, oh, um, that's he's a basketball player. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to be there on goal on uh, goal lines. Yeah, he's not going to be the high league winning, um, high potential tight end. And a lot of tight end, uh, a lot of tight ends get drafted on that. Everybody wants to find the next Gronk or the next Jimmy Graham because tight ends come out of nowhere. It is so hard to play that position; you cannot predict it. Bells, though, I would if you can't get one of the top guys, wait and draft him. He would be a very good one to start off as your streaming tight end, and then just kind of seeing how it'll check out. And I'm going to duck and hide after I say this. But I will not draft Jordan Aikens anywhere. Um, love, love him. Love the potential. I'm not drafting him. He's somebody that I believe could be a free agent find later on this season uh, if we see what his role is going to be. But we brought in another tight end. Um, I think that Bill O'Brien gets so worried about his blocking that that may limit him, especially with the guys, the receivers that we have in the slot. So I'm going to duck and hide and maybe don't tell James that I said that. But yeah, I'm not going to draft him in any league. Yeah, do not let James know. He probably has him has him in his dynasty league. Yeah, I'm like looking over my shoulder, like right now, like James is just gonna <laughs> pop out. <laughs> He's just gonna roll up to your house and beat you up. <laughs> you said what? No, <laughs> no way he can slander on his watch. Oh man, I, I'm as big. Of, I'm a big. I'm a big Aikens fan as well, but I, I definitely see where you're coming from. I don't think I'm with you. I don't think he's gonna get the snaps of a true tight end one because they do believe in, in Darren Fell's blocking ability. And then we've also got Kahale wearing question mark and Jordan Thomas, a second question mark who, you know, you never know. They could show out in camp and, and take Aiken's spot because like we even said, like Deshaun Watson, he hasn't shown the best chemistry with Aiken's yet. He's not one of his go-to guys. So he's not going to be telling Bill O'Brien, Hey, keep this guy on the field. I love him. I want to feed him. You know what I mean? So Aikens, as great as a player as he is, as great he, as he gets yak, he's just not someone who you can really depend on and, and should draft. But he could be a great player if Fels gets injured or if he's not getting the, t- the target share, the snap share that we think that he's going to get. So I guess don't like don't completely write Aikens off is what I'm saying. Yeah, don't, don't write him off. You can click him and you can put the little flag on him that says watch him. Don't draft him. Yeah, as much as you... Him. As much if you listen, if you've listened to us this far into the show, you're probably really high on Aikens because we've got a couple of guys absolutely cheerleading him, and I, I'm not disparaging him. I think that he's going to be a better football player than a fantasy player, but you're going to be tempted if you have to draft one fantasy tight end from the Texans, go with Fells. Easy answer right there. Easy answer. I can't believe that's everything. I've gone through all the Texans. One last thing before we end, I just want to say real quickly is like with defenses and, and kickers, because you've mentioned streaming them, I unless I can get like the top one or two at, at those like top one or two defense or top one or two kickers, I'm always streaming. And it always seems to, to work out. I feel like you can play your matchups pretty well as long as you've got good football knowledge. So that's always my strat for it. But we'll talk about that more later. Yeah, we definitely will. All right, Jordan, you got anything else you want to add? That would be it, I think. Yeah, this was fun, man. Yeah. All right. Well, definitely, if y'all have any suggestions for our name, because we've got to rebrand ourselves, um, please send it our way. Um, you can find Jordan at Texans Thoughts on Twitter. Uh, follow him on YouTube. His videos are awesome. 
especially his most recent one. Um. <laughs> Eric Murray. <laughs> Did I just really do that? <laughs> um, definitely his most recent one with Eric Murray. <laughs> overpaid or o- overpaid, overhyped. Um, Jordan was complaining that he had to watch that video and then he had to watch that tape. He was trying and hoping at one point, I'm pretty sure he said in Slack, can we sign somebody so I don't have to do this? Yep. And he did it and he, you know, he's actually happier now that he did. So there you go. So go watch his YouTube video on him and maybe you can feel a little bit better about Eric Murray or you can play with him in uh, Madden because he's a beast in Madden for some unknown reason. I mean, you've got like two weeks before Madden 21 comes out. So, you know, go enjoy good Eric Murray while you can. All right. Um, where you can find us at Houston FB pod on Twitter, Instagram. Um, it'll either be me or Pat storm. You can always hit up Pat storm at the Patrick storm on every social media. Um, Jordan at Texans thoughts on Texans underscore thoughts on Twitter, Texans thoughts on YouTube. Please like subscribe, let your friends know, like subscribe and share. Um, again, not looking for clout. We're just looking for the ability to get better guests and have more fun and, you know, maybe one day pay our bills. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. Again, feedback is always welcomed and we will catch y'all next week. Thank you for listening to Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast. Please follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Houston FB pod.